You are listening to the Birth Bruja podcast, a place to explore intersectional, liberational, and decolonial approaches to birth work, healing, and life. Join us each month as we explore everything from the personal to the political, birth justice to ancestral healing, interrupting systemic violence to practicing inclusive reproductive care. Here, my friends, our roots spread wide and deep. Welcome friends, this is episode 22 and I am really excited, I feel like I'm always excited honestly with this podcast because this podcast is just such a labor of love, but today I am especially excited because friends, I am hosting two members of an extraordinary group called We Rise and um, for those that don't look at show notes, A, shame on you, you should. Because there's treasures in there. And B, um, you would see that the Birth Bruja podcast is um, a We Rise production. So I'm going to save, for the sake of time, I'm going to save my highly emotional gush of gratitude and respect for you guys, Nikki and Kat. And I'll just turn the floor over to you all to introduce yourselves and then we can dive into your work. Who would like to begin by introducing themselves? Please tell us um, uh, your name, any aspects of identity you want us to know, and what you've been doing these days. Hello, my name is Nikki, Nikki Travascio. My pronouns are she, her, hers. Um, I'm a queer Panay artist, dancer, educator, um, and co-conspirator, co-founder, collaborator of We Rise. And I'll just leave it at that because I can talk about many things. Thanks, Nikki. I am Kat or Catherine Duval Petru, and I am really excited to be a guest rather than a host. One of my roles is producer um, of many podcasts, VOE Rise and others. And I use she/her pronouns. I am a queer Jewish white woman. I grew up on a lonely land. And I'm learning so much about my ancestors these days. And I'm really thankful for that. Thank you. Before we dive into the topic for today, would one of you please speak to us about what We Rise is? What do you guys do? Who do you serve? We Rise production began by accident. Um, In 2016, as a response to the Dakota Access Pipeline, Nikki and I met in a dance studio here on Huchin on Ohlone land in Oakland, California. And um, we were both politicized in certain ways, but it was actually through our participation with a decolonial grassroots feminist freedom school called Liberation Spring that we deepened our politicization. So we were dancing and paying attention to the atrocities and violence against water protectors at Standing Rock. And long story short, we collaborated without any budget or anything, just with good friends and folks who were down to support the work on a call to action and a dance video. Challenging settler colonialism, um, acknowledging the relationship between decolonization and rematriation here, in California and also what was happening at the Dakota Access Pipeline over in the Midwest. 
So that's how we began. And we've just grown. Our work is inherently collaborative and community-driven. We work with artists, activists, organizers, educators. And all of our cultural production is a tribute, an honor, and a, a practice and a participation in the freedom movements of our time. Thank you. And one last question to flesh this part out. Would one of y'all please speak to what is cultural production? So to put it simply, cultural production is, we live in a time where um, videos, movies, podcasts, these are medias that influence our culture, but are also a reflection of our culture. Those are some main recognizable ones. But as an artist, there's music, Um, There's visual art, there's uh, performance art, all of these other mediums that we either express and are reflecting our culture within, or it's a method for influencing our culture in the direction of shifting ideas, perspectives, experiences. Awesome. This right here, listeners, really speaks to a big part of my gratitude and my excitement for having We Rise on the show. So many of us in the birthwork community, in the reproductive care community, we are simultaneously on the front lines of this work and we're also really active in organizing and bringing people together around the, the, the themes of healing and justice, um, especially with the fuckery that has been 2021. Um, excuse me, 2020. Oh gosh. I hope <laughs> oh no. Manifesting. No, 2021 is going to be awesome. Um, <laughs> especially with, yeah, the challenges of 2020, there has been a lot, so many examples of literal and figurative examples of the world burning, of systems of oppression burning, of, of injustices, um, just becoming even more apparent and people finally even more so than before being moved to to want to play a role to shift our our cultures and to heal our communities and all that being said you know there's a lot of blessings about social media right there's a lot of blessings when it comes to being able to relay information across the interwebs and what i've seen is just a lot of talk a lot of people wanting to talk about changing systems, but not really having any idea of how to turn that into action beyond just, you know, forwarding money, which is great. Forwarding money is great. But one of the reasons why organizations and community spaces like We Rise is so important is because these are spaces where we can come together and dive into those intellectual spaces, dive into the emotional spaces and turn these processes into actions that result in tangible change. And I'll be posting this in show notes and also posting We Rise content information on my social media. But if you go to their website, you'll see a really wide, wide, wide array of events and workshops and campaigns that they have supported others with. So, I mean, just real briefly off the top of my head, y'all, I think like some of my favorite are um, is the work that y'all have done with Miss T., um, and can you just speak real quickly to what y'all did with Miss T in our class? Um, Miss T is also one of our favorite collaborators, an educator, really radical educator. Miss T is founding the Ancestral Alchemy Academy, which is her own radical goal for the future generations. And 
in the past, we've collaborated with her where she's brought in her students into the studio and they've written their own speeches on topics that they care about. And we support them in recording these stories on air. So we created a podcast with her students. And Kat, if you want to share more on that. Yeah, I mean, it's incredible. We had like 30 youth under the age of 10 at the KPFA recording studios in Berkeley. And so, yeah, we've done uh, two episodes with her. One is not yet released. And then we have ongoing work with her as well, um, really digging into ancestral technologies for youth education. Yes. So, yeah, folks, so that's just one example of the work. Kat gave the other example of um, of their dance performance piece that was connected to the Dakota Pipelines. And the last example I want to offer is part of the reason why I finally wrangled these two powerful cats into this space now, which is their upcoming offering um, with Consciousness Rooting. Would one of you please explain to us what you're up to and what is it? Absolutely. Nikki will speak to consciousness rooting, but I can say that phrase came to us via consciousness raising, which is a practice that is likely very, very old, but one of the more recent manifestations of it comes out of the 1960s and 70s freedom movements, in particular, the feminist movement, women, gathering in living rooms around kitchen tables with babies crying, with dirty dishes, talking about their lives, talking about the conditions of their lives and drawing out analyses around where they find they are suffering and struggling, i.e. oppressed. And through that relationship building and meaning making, empowering themselves in manifold ways, politically and otherwise. And it's really a drawing together of the personal and the political. And Nikki and I deepened our awareness and practice of consciousness raising through Liberation Spring, through this grassroots decolonial feminist freedom school. And so what's super interesting is um, this time last year, we had been experimenting with leading our own consciousness raising gatherings with other collaborators, like good friends and also We Rise collaborators. And At the beginning of Shelter in Place, at the beginning of the pandemic, you know, coming to this continent, Kat and I realized that we wanted to offer this consciousness rooting that evolved from a a collaboration we did last autumn, where we can support our community members and our, our friends and family in really grounding and centering ourselves as we face a lot of distractions and a lot of crises. There's a lot of front lines right now. There's a lot of um, reasons to be anxious and stressed out and moving from one thing to another and not really feeling grounded or centered in ourselves. And so with these consciousness rooting gatherings, we're intentionally creating space to reflect on our ancestry and reflect on our histories, where we come from, so that when we show up on the front lines for Black Lives Matter, all of these uprisings, when we show up in solidarity for other communities, we are more true to ourselves. We have knowledge from our ancestors and our lived experiences. And, you know, we can do less harm to others. If we do the work to take care of ourselves, then we can show up for other people. And so for three consciousness rooting circles that we're leading, we have one group that is going to be led by CAT for people racialized as white. There's a group that I'm going to lead for people of the Philippinex community, and that is such a 
spectrum within itself as well. And then we're going to co-facilitate an open group for all people of all backgrounds so that we can just support and learn from each other, whether it's people from our similar backgrounds or from different backgrounds. There's so much that we can learn to, together collectively. Can I add to that? Mm-hmm. Please, Kat. Yes. And um, one of the reasons to shift from consciousness raising to consciousness rooting is to deliberately call in our bodies and the land because the practice and the work of decolonization requires that we go there, that we engage very deliberately with our bodies and with the land that we're on and the land that our peoples come from. And I also wanted to add with regard to the three circles that both the um, like caucusing or these like specific identity groups doing work within those spaces is so vital and coalition building is so vital. That's how we grow our capacity and practice of solidarity. So I think we're both really excited for both these specific breakout circles and the open circle as well. We also, I love co-facilitating with Nikki, so that's going to be really fun. And then obviously whiteness is a whole, whole other can of worms, a whole other podcast, but is multifaceted. So we will obviously address white supremacy and also address the layers of pain, of violence, of oppression, and of brilliance um, of our ancestors. Kat, before you tell us the dates and where to register for this experience, would you mind speaking a bit more to how will you all be weaving in the body and the lands? Like, is this going to be Will there be guided meditations, uh, homework, or is this going to be where folks show up and, you know, like a, like a less structured space? Can you speak a little bit more about what folks can expect? Yes. And Nikki, feel free to jump. Do you want to speak to that first? Um, you can start and I'll follow up. Okay. Yes. <laughs> Would be the short answer. Um, we're going to be experimenting with um, with different kinds of ways of engaging our ourselves, our bodies, hearts, minds, they're all really interrelated. So it will be through readings. It will be through written and drawing exercises. Um, we'll have movement. And um, it's tricky with COVID and on the West Coast of Turtle Island, all the fires, like actually being outside. These will be virtual gatherings. But I think we'll get creative with engaging the land, whether we're actually like physically going outside or or more specifically, more likely um, inviting people to ask questions and do some digging with regard to both the land that they're on and who are the first peoples of that place. What is that land called? What's the original name of that land? And then also, where do your folks come from? How did they migrate? How did they move? And there's just so many juicy questions about that like arise from there, like what plants grew there, what kind of food was eaten, etc. And I can share that um, a huge part of this, there's going to be a lot of questions and inquiry to spark these reflections that will be both written or draw. Like we have some mapping exercises and some questions and like homework or invitations for participants to consider through this. Um, it's a, is it seven or six? Let me pause. Yeah. Seven weeks with a, with an intentional break between weeks five and for seven. Reflection. Mm-hmm. So um, there will be some space for asking questions and to investigate curiosities 
And a huge part is also just us um, sharing our stories and our lived experiences and learning from each other. So part of it is, you know, Kat and I have spent a long time mapping out this spine or this flow for those weeks. But a huge part is going to come from the people who show up and the things that come up in conversation, in reflection, in storytelling. And so we also wanted to create space to let what happens in these gatherings influence the course of like how we how we learn from each other or how we um, take it to the next level or hold space for each other. We, it, we really want to hold space for each individual person that shows up to also help inform and inspire and guide the learning and unlearning that will happen with each gathering. Thank you. Forgive me if you said this and I totally missed, um, but did you guys already share when the classes start and also where to register? Yes. So the Consciousness Rooting gatherings will start October 20th and will go into the beginning of December. So it ends that first week of December. The group that is gathering Racialized as White with Kat will be meeting on Tuesdays. Pilipinex Circle will be on Wednesdays. And our open circle will be on Thursdays. And then you can register for these sessions by emailing us at weriseproducers at gmail.com and um, specifying which group you want to join. Um, and then we will also share a little bit more information about the gathering. Uh, we will also be like reaching out to everyone before the gatherings to like give some reflections or ways to prepare for the, the sessions. So these circles are also by donation, but um, we want to honor that no one will be turned away for lack of funds because this healing is super important right now because there's so many things going on. Thank you all for sharing with us those logistics. Um, and once more, as someone who has been in community and in class with Nikki and Kat, y'all, um, honestly, if you are at all curious about taking your your uh, contemplation around decolonizing and you're wanting to take it to the next level, please don't hesitate. Reach out. Reach out to Nikki and Kat and just get the ball rolling, friends. This is time. It's time for us to go deeper. All right. So now with that public service announcement over. Nikki, you said something that really, really kind of spiked my heart. Where are you at right now? in your work of healing and justice and, and why is it important to you to be doing this work at this point in time in history of history? Mm -hmm. Yes, I can definitely talk to that. Um, it's important for us to return to our roots and our ancestors because many of us are living in the aftermath of colonization and white supremacy, all of these things that have been conditioned into us even before we were born, right? So like I was raised by parents who were conditioned to believe certain things and to have influenced the way that I was raised. And I can speak to the fact that, you know, every what's really obvious is like a lot of people are afraid of like white supremacists, Trump supporters, all of these things. But when I look to my own community, when I look to Filipinx Americans, Filipinos in the diaspora, even in the motherland, so Filipinos, Filipinx people in the motherlands, we are so colonized that we are hurting each other. We don't know how to discern what's real, what's fake. And so I'm just really feeling for my community right now. 
we are disconnected from our own bodies, our own truths, our our own history, even like not that long ago, this um, cultural amnesia, historical amnesia has us hurting each other and hurting other people. And so being a Panay in the diaspora, being in on this continent, in this land, trying to show up for Black Lives Matter, trying to show up for indigenous peoples over here, I, I still am decolonizing and remembering where I'm coming from. And it's even in the last 10 years, I can see how much work I still need to do. There's still so much I don't know. And what I am seeing, especially with the uprisings after George Floyd's murder, seeing people waking up to these movements. And it's it's great to see people waking up, but I'm also seeing people jumping in and not even quite understanding how to show up for people like our siblings, our community, like other communities that we are trying to understand how to show up for them, right? And in order for us to show up in a way that isn't creating more harm, we must know ourselves, we must know where we come from, we must understand, you know, the things that we've been conditioned to think are normal, that might actually be poison. Um, So that's what drives me to hold space for my community members. And part of the way that I've been doing this work for myself is I've been reading, I've actually bought the most books I've ever bought in my life written by Filipinx educators and like psychologists. And so all these books I'm starting to read, learning about our history, learning about our ancient traditions, just to understand, you know, understand what I've been missing, you know, what has been taken from my people, Mm. this knowledge that can help us show up in leadership, take care of each other. So I've been reading a lot, unpacking a lot of colonized ways of thinking so that I can use the knowledge and brilliance of my ancestors to support our communities and also wake up my own people. Mm. Thank you so much. Nikki, would you mind sharing your Instagram handle? Yeah, my Instagram handle is Nicole Gervasio. So Nicole... N-I-C-O-L-E, Gervasio, G-E-R-V, and Victor, A-C-I-O. Thank you. And I specifically asked for that because, folks, um, Nikki, in addition to a performance artist, a dancer, Nikki is an extraordinary visual artist. And one of the, I guess one of the phrases, Nikki, as you're speaking, that kept on kind of like beating with my heart is that you approach this work with so much wholeness, you know, like in that, in your share, you touched upon so many threads, including art history, which is one of my pet peeves about social justice spaces is that it's so easy for it to be really academic and hyper intellectual. Mm. And then maybe one step better than that is when people can weave in emotions and, and then it kind of like for a lot of spaces, it stops there. And one of the reasons why I really appreciate the approach to this work that y'all offer is that you bring in, you bring in notions of identity that are beyond words, you know, that are beyond mm-hmm. like linear thoughts, you know, storytelling from our own mouths are from our ancestors, right? Like um, mm-hmm. portraying meaning, not just through words, but through song and body. So I just really wanted to highlight that because I also know that there's a lot of people who have interest in healing and justice work, but feel left out because they don't necessarily, you know, they're not perhaps 
super academic-y, you know, or they don't perhaps want to spend the whole time talking. Um, mm-hmm. So I just wanted to highlight. Thank you so much. And Kat, would you please speak to two facets? Number one, why is this work so important to you right now at this point in your life? And B, how can we even begin to consider as white people or as folks with white privilege, how can we even consider showing up for others that are different than us? My heart is pounding so fast. And to speak to the last part of that question, I would say, how can you not show up? I'm racialized as white and I grew up with a lot of privilege and I felt growing up like something was wrong with me because I felt the pain of what I later, you know, got words for, which was like racism and oppression. And I also, I'm 33 and I'm still coming to understand my own internalized homophobia and sexism and ableism and sanism. And so again, like to the question of why this work now, it's, it's sort of twofold. One is like this work always, this has always been what I needed to do. And I really appreciated your reflections to what Nikki shared about not solely intellectualizing all of this. I studied in a really philosophical way in undergrad. And so it's a language that I can often speak, but I also have always been a dancer. And I was just sharing with Nikki today that I was watching a movement video last night and had a response, like this next level of recognition that our bodies are stories, that in our bodies, in our cells, in our flesh, in our hair, in our toenails and fingernails, we carry our ancestors, we carry seeds of the past, we carry breath for the future. And I've just like, I feel like my first language is my body is like poetry, is like the smell of the wind and the soil and like the feeling of rain. And then I grew up and was like told I had like my dad is an immigrant and education is really important in his family. His parents are Holocaust survivors. And so it was like in order for me to do justice to their story and their survivance, grad school was the answer. And I felt like I had to learn how to be really articulate in a specific kind of what articulate means way, right? Which is obviously white and patriarchal and colonial, et cetera. Class, it's classed, all of these things. And so in some ways I feel like I I like escalated and grew like in the path that I was asked or like told to be on. And now in the last decade, I'm like shedding these layers. Um, And so oppression affects us all. White supremacy affects us all. These systems are violent and there are so many other ways to be in relation with each other and the land and our our lives and our futures and our pasts. Does that answer your question? Oh, yes. And so much more. Thank you. I didn't forget how it felt being in the glow of both of you, but honestly, I'm having such a strong emotional response. (laughs) to both of you oh thank you um and one final note I'm sorry I'm not trying to create like a freaking bow at the end of everything you say y'all but honestly too Kat I just want to share a gratitude which is that 
especially for white identified folks and especially for non-white folks, but who have white privilege or great positionality near white privilege. One of the reasons why specifically anti-racial work can be so difficult is because a lot of folks struggle with isolating this one aspect of their identity, especially around privilege, when there is so much wounding still going in their lives and in their families' lives and their communities' lives as a result of, of white supremacy, but also so many other isms. And one of the things that I really appreciate about you, Kat, is that you have made such a profound effort to be in connection with your ancestors and with the land upon which you reside now. And, and therefore, that foundation of you being so connected to who you are and who your people have been has allowed you to create such a wide container that I feel is really supportive for people who are really wanting to do this work of growth and you know developing their analysis while also really wanting to do the work of healing, right? Like already, just as you shared, right? Like you, your family is still very much connected to the healing from the Holocaust. And that is, you know, without putting all your story on blast, like that is a lot of your current healing that you're offering your lineage. Um, and I just want to like share with folks about how justice work in general is not asking us to fit in, to put our identities in these tidy little boxes and to place them in the order of hierarchy. Justice work is healing work and healing work is justice work. And only by showing up in our full authentic selves, can we do both and do it in a real impactful way. So I just want to thank you, Kat, for being a beautiful example of that. Yeah, thank you for that. And I can just say too, you know, specifically to the Holocaust survivor thread, I was sharing with Nikki, I had never seen Schindler's List and I just watched it with my parents over the weekend and like it physically hurt to watch it. And I also, I think there will, I will continue to understand why this is something that's so vital to who I am, but like in the Holocaust survivor descendant world, there's a phrase never again. And that is something that I feel. So when when George Floyd was lynched, when families and children are detained at the border between turtle between the US and Mexico, like I feel that. And I feel that as a direct assault on my humanity. So that is also a piece. Mm, thank you. Dear friends, this time has gone by so quickly, and I would love to have you back for future episodes. So knowing that this conversation isn't over, this is just a pause, I would really love to invite each of you to help close this space in whatever way feels good to you. Nikki, would you mind going first? I would love to go first, and thank you so much, Ari. This is definitely just the very beginning, like we can talk forever. So I appreciate you having us. Um, I'd like to share a poem that I wrote. And this is for, whew, wow, okay, tears showing up, surprise. This is for all the Philippinex people in the diaspora, because our, our people are just spread all around the world. 
right now and at the front lines in many different ways. Um, uh, and I'll just name that like our invisibilized history has us as caretakers in many different ways, serving very oppressive systems and, you know, lost and spread out in the diaspora. So this poem is for my people around the world. This poem is called Everything Left Behind. What survived were our bodies, our hearts, our blood, our bones, our skin who thirsts to hold the sun, our lungs blessed by shared breath as we inhale each other in greeting. They left us strength consumed from our fingertips. Our stomachs become steel nourished by warm love that settles in the food we eat. They gave us two mouths, soft lips with sharp speak. Resistance in our blood rides the rivers on the backs of both hands, in these life-giving walls in our memory-bearing wombs. <sighs> I had goosebumps all up my arms. Thank you so much. Thank you, thank you, Nikki. Cat mm -hmm. friend. Would you mind offering something in closing? <sighs> yeah, I'm taking in Nikki's poem too. Yeah, when you asked this, what came to mind is something I literally just learned this past weekend from Dory Midnight, who is a healer and also shares my Sephardi Jewish roots. And it's just a saying in Ladino, which is a um, combination of Hebrew and Spanish, which is the Sephardi language and it's a parting saying and it they say or we say caminos de leche y miel which means may your paths be blessed with milk and honey it's beautiful ah mm -hmm. all right so i am entirely blissed out um thank you both so much for your work and for sharing your time with me today and for listeners, one more time, the Consciousness Rooting Gatherings with ReRise uh, start October 20th. And um, again, I will put the content information about how to get hooked up with that in the show notes as well as on my Instagram page. Just real deep gratitude once more to you, Nikki, and to you, Kat, for the powerful way that you show up for our community. And I really look forward to sharing more of your work with the birth worker and reproductive justice care community. Thank you so much for being here. Thank, Thank you, Amy. And also I realized for my translation, fellow nerds out there, it's actually Mayor Padsby of Milk and Honey. <laughs> oh, thank you. Thank you. <laughs> thank you, Ari. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thanks for listening to the Birth Bruja podcast. I've been your host, Eri Guajardo Johnson. Be sure to check out show notes for a list of resources mentioned during today's episode. Are you interested in learning more about these intersections? Visit birthbruja.com, an online educational and community platform. Last but not least, dear friends, help us expand the impact of this work. Be sure to subscribe and leave a review on your favorite listening platform. 
until next time, thank you for all the ways you show up in this world. Blessings and gratitude.